Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Not So Native Podcast. Let me introduce your host. My name is Rob Lamb. And I'm Aaron Bailey. Kick back and let us take you on a journey as we explore some of Arizona's most fascinating people, places, and things to do. Are you ready? 67% of bankruptcies in the U.S. are due to medical bills. To help you avoid the pitfalls in coverage, high premiums, and ridiculous deductibles, I search all coverage options to find the best benefits for your budget for free. We protect independent contractors, small business owners, and their families. Heck, we've even beaten group plans to put more money back into your paycheck. Contact T Insurers for your top three quotes at 602 602- 315-8070 or T Insurers on Facebook. Hey, welcome back to the Not So Native Podcast. We are still up here in beautiful Pine, Arizona. I'm Rob. I'm Aaron. And we are at the Honey Stand, a little, little known shady location here. Well, I wouldn't say it's little known anymore because the secret's out. The secret's out. But it's a, a little, little uh, store here in Pine. It's under the shade of these trees. And we are sitting with... Robert Fuller, the owner of the honey stand. Fantastic. And uh, uh, native or not so? Yeah, I was born in Globe, Arizona. Oh. In 1943, my father was working in the smeller in Globe during the war. And I was born there, and then we moved here to Pine when I was two years old. Wow. He took over the business that was started not not the honey stand but it was actually a service station uh-huh a business here in pine that my grandfather had started earlier and so we moved up here and, and uh, this building that we have the honey stand in now originally was a service station and it was open uh, about 1945 my father added to the building, and, and uh, that's how come that's what we have here at the moment. Is uh, is the product of what he made when he had the building here as a service station. Well, it's a it's a good location. You could clearly hear the cars going by. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was so. on the road actually. The original road didn't go right where it is now out there. The original road went just north of the building here and went across the creek on a low water crossing. We didn't have any bridge across uh-huh. the creek at that time. Uh-huh. Um, but earlier on, actually, my my grandfather was the postmaster here in Pine, and he built a building for the post office. And the center part of this building here, this little room that makes up our sales area, was the original post office well, here in Pine. So he was the postmaster for about 15 years back in the 20s and 30s. Wow. So that's part of the history of this building. The center part of it was already there when my father came and he added two wings to it uh, and putting it into a service station. Wow. And he operated that until about 1980. Okay. 1980 and then he closed it with a Texaco service station. I, I worked at it when I was a boy. 
originally we had the pumps where he had to pump it up by oh, hand. The know, manual pumps and the glass receptacle. Oh, really? You, know, you can see it kind of going up. Ten gallon gas receptacle, and then it would be out by gravity feed. Huh. And later we got electric, and we thought maybe he had died and gone to heaven when he didn't have the gas up anymore. <laughs> yeah. He operated that until about 1980, and then at that point, the service station was closed, and it just sort of ended up being a storage area for about about 15 years. Hmm. And so in '95, well, earlier than about 90, about 10 years in, in 1990, the uh, I was a teacher at Mingus High School down in Cottonwood for, oh. for almost 30 years. But I retired and we moved back up here, which was my home, uh, moved back up to Pine. So actually the honey stand goes back to about, about 1980 when he closed the service station. Uh, there was a gentleman that had honey, lived in Chino Valley, and in the summers, uh, he stopped my father and said, you know, can I bring my honey over, and he had hives, can I bring my honey over and set it up just outside, he wasn't in the building here at all, it was all outside. Uh-huh, like, a, like a farmer's market kind of right thing? Underneath the awning outside, mm -hmm. and he did that for about five years. Just brought it up in the summertime and set it up outside like a, you know, a sidewalk sale. Mm -hmm. And uh, then when we moved up here, we had an establishment again outside. We just had it outside to begin with in about 1990. And that just ran it in the summertime because I was teaching school at that uh -huh. point. So we went on in the summertime. My wife was really the instigator of that. Jeannie <laughs> was her name. Okay. And so the, um, we did that. It was not real pleasant when it rained or when the wind blew and you know, all that sort of thing. So sure. we decided, well, let's, we're going to go ahead and do the operation full, full bore. So we went ahead and moved into the building. Sort of a little bit at a time. Moved into that area of the building to begin with, and this was still part of the service station. Oh. You know, had stuff in it. Sure. And so then we moved as we grew and we had even more area, more room to store things and so forth. We opened this all up. So by about 1995, uh, we had opened up the full use of the of the honey stand, huh. and uh, and we've continued uh, until now. My wife's health is not good. She is down in the valley now, and staying down there in a senior care home, and so I'm kind of left here. I go back and forth a bit. Mm -hmm. We still have our home in Cottonwood. Mm -hmm. uh, I go down there somewhere in the in the winter time, but during the summer I'm up here. And Doing the honey stand, and uh, it is open year-round with limited hours in the in the winter. Sure, but we got our uh, we 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 got our honey 
initially from a gentleman over in Black Canyon City. Oh. He had uh, the beehives over there. And we just had the one supplier, and so we only had about two or three, maybe a couple of varieties of honey. But as we expanded, we found more honey suppliers that were, I do not myself have bees. I have not dealt with the bees at all. We just have been a retailer for the honey. Okay. And so when a lot of people come in and ask where, you know, do you have hives out back or where's your, <laughs> where's your honey come from? And I said, well, you know, I'm smart enough not to deal with the bees. Yeah. <laughs> That's too much work. Good choice. Yeah. yeah it's too much work. So it's, it's, we just buy the honey from three, we have three different uh, beekeepers that we buy honey. They're all Arizona? Arizona, Arizona, I mean, it's all raw and all processed, you know, just... Organic, as they would out, say today. Right, taken out of the hive. Uh-huh. You know, filtered enough to get the bee parts out of it. Sure. And then put in bottles, and so it has all of the good enzymes and nutrients that raw honey has. And so that's one of our advantages. When the honey you buy at the store has to be pasteurized. Basically, it's heated enough to the point where, you know, it's made sure that it doesn't have any bad things in it, I guess you could say. Kind of kills the... It kills all of the, uh, the... It kills all the nutrients, the nutrients that are in there. In there. So yeah. that, you're getting a nicely sweet liquid but you're not getting you know the benefits of raw honey right a lot of people buy honey for medicinal purposes for allergies you know and also just for the enzymes and for the energy factors that it does have and raw honey of course is the, that's the best that you can get is the raw honey because it's got all the like if you got allergies if you're fresh to arizona and there's a lot of people move here because they have allergies in other places, but then some people develop allergies when they're here. But if you're eating the raw honey, you're kind of getting the, the 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 stuff of the land, and so it helps your body, right? Is that right? right? That's yeah, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's you know, that's why I say a lot of people come here, you know, and say, you know, what's what's different about your honey, or what's good about yours? And it is the fact that it is raw honey directly from the hive. And so it has everything in it that, it's, that the bees, everything that the bees work to put in it is still there. Right, right. It's and not removed. And we never, we tell our people that buy it that they should never put it in the microwave. Uh -huh. Never heat it over about 105 to 10 degrees to melt it. You know, it does sugar. I mean, it will crystallize. That's just sure. a lot of honey will crystallize. Sure. Uh, but... Uh, doesn't spoil, honey will keep forever. They have actually found honey in the catacombs of Egypt because right. bees and honey was a very, very sacred and important part of the religion and, uh, and back in the times of Egypt and many other civilizations. It's always been quite uh, revered. And it, and it says, you know, it kept for that many years, I guess it'll probably keep as long as you'd want to put It'll it keep in, in your shelf here, right? On so. your shelf, <laughs> it, there'd be no problem. It, it is an amazing process. I mean, you think that this bee flies around, gets some pollen from wherever. I mean, we're going to talk about the varieties that you get. But then 
that that bee is able to convert that into something that's sweet is it's not just that's yeah, fast. I mean, you it, can it, eat it, a flower; it's it, probably not going to be sweet, but it's, uh, whatever bee does to it is amazing. What an organic process that they you know go through, like you say, they get the pollen from from plants. Of course, it's all plant pollen. Some of it comes from flowers, some from trees, you know, some from other types of bushes and so forth. But uh, it, as we, as the bees bring the pollen into the hive, then they actually ingest the pollen, and then the, the product that comes out at that point, yeah, I guess you could call it bee poop. <laughs> It doesn't sound very good. It doesn't sound appealing, but it's... But it, that's basically the... You know, it's it's like making the sausage. Sometimes you don't want to know how it's made. You just... In the pure, <laughs> in the pure form. Yeah. So then that's basically, that's their food. Mm. And that is what they put into their hives for food for the colony. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the beekeepers will put little, what they call a... You know, pollen catcher. So when they go into the hive, they have to they drop a little bit of the pollen on the way in, so that we do have bee pollen. Also, we sell bee pollen. Oh, all the stuff that they've gathered. You know, I mean, we don't rob them. We can't rob the bees of all their pollen. Right. But they can strip off just a little bit of it, and then they drop it into this little wire basket sort of thing, and then they collect that from the hives. When the bees are doing well. When they're actually getting a lot of extra pollen. Right. This year's been kind of tough with the weather conditions that we had in the spring. Uh, you know, it was so dry that mm. a lot of the plants didn't flower, and a lot of them we didn't get a lot of pollen out of a lot of them. So uh, now, do these keepers that you work with are they the ones that like will move their hives from yes they uh, farm field to farm field strawberries this that or yeah they yeah. they move them typically about three times during the season you know because of the climate the climate and what is blooming in various right. locations I have one beekeeper in the town of Mesa that's where his center of business is, but he has bees up around Safford, and there's some up in the northern part up around Springerville. Oh. You know, where as the season progresses later in the season, they can move to a higher elevation. Uh-huh. So that way they get a range of, of different pollens, different varieties. Let me tell you guys about our weekend. We spent the entire day with outdoor adventure centers in Cottonwood, what a great time! We went kayaking on the Verde River, and our guides made the adventure so much fun. Then, we went out on the trails in an ATV rental, and we finished the day in Old Town Cottonwood with great food and wine tasting. It was such a perfect day with OAC Tours. We're already planning to go back, and I would highly recommend OACTours.com to everyone. Call 602-686-8530 to book your tour today or go online at oactours.com. Welcome back to the Not-So-Native Podcast. I'm Rob Lamb. I'm Aaron Bailey. We have, right at the moment, we have six different um, varieties of honey that we that we sell. And that's 
clover, we have the clover, which is kind of the standard of, of honey, the clover honey. Oh, hip? We have the orange blossom honey, which of mm. course the name tells you where it comes from. It's Yummy. It's one of the sweetest and the lightest of the honeys. Mm -hmm. And we have the, the mesquite honey that comes from the mesquite trees and all the bloom in the, in the lower elevations, up around the 3,000 foot elevation where you get most of your mesquite trees. And then we have the catclaw, it comes from the catclaw bush, which is kind of like the mesquite, oh. a cousin of the mesquites, but it's a little lighter. It's a lighter, uh, again, sweeter, a little bit, little bit milder honey than, than some. Okay. We have what we call the pine wildflower, and the pine wildflower is somewhat eclectic in other words it comes from you know several different areas but it does come from our area here as much as any of the honeys do and so we call that a local honey mm. because that's the hives are in a altitude approximately what we have here in pine which is about a mile about 5300 feet you know that's our altitude here between here and strawberry strawberry up about 6,000 and the hives are placed at about that elevation. Mm. And then they, you know, collect the wildflowers that grow at, at approximately that elevation. So that's, that, when people ask for our local honey, that's, that's where the, basically what it is. It didn't come from our back porch, <laughs> our backyard, but it is as local as you can, you know, as you can get with the, with the hives. Yeah. And then we have the honey that's called the, the wild mountain pecan honey, and that comes from up around Winslow, and it is a honey that has has some sage in it, and it has uh, different different pollen from quite a number of different um, plants that are in that particular area up there, mm. and so those are the, one of the primary honeys that we that we have that we offer them you know they vary from light and mild up to the pecan honey the wild mountain pecan which is quite heavy a lot sort of molasses like in, in oh. consistency i'm looking at the the jars behind you and it is amazing the different colors and, and i see that one says orange blossom it's it's an oranger color and then and then that other one is your desert clover, and uh, and that's that's yeah. pretty dark comparatively yeah, to dark. The, yeah, the. Most of them, like I say, the two, the two lightest colors are the, the orange blossom and the cat. I don't have any of the cat in right now, but the orange blossom and the cat are a light, sweet, mild, you know, tasting honey. Mm -hmm. Whereas the others, they're a little bit darker. The darker the honey, typically the more nutriment that it has. Oh, not just sweetness, but a little bit more nutriment. And then you, you get to your wild mountain pecan, which is almost as dark as blackstrap molasses. Yeah, yeah, that's that is very dark. You can't even see through it. It's it's kind of like the coffee I like to drink. It has a lot of a lot of nutriment and it's stronger flavor too. It's more robust in the flavor. Really? Okay. Nutriments that are in it. 
you sell a lot of honey sticks. I know that my, my kids love it. Every time we come here, they're like, I need to get a handful of honey sticks. Right? right. Uh, do you sell the varieties in honey well, sticks for like people to not, sample? Not these. Oh, okay. We get our honey sticks from winter source. Okay. And they actually add, they are, they have flavors added to them. Oh, okay. So in other words, we have like strawberry and raspberry and uh -huh. licorice. I mean, you know, so. It's probably have, mostly clover honey then? Primarily clover honey. Okay. So primarily just your standard honey then with flavors that are added to them. And they're good. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, they're not they're not quite as organic, you might say, as sure. these these honeys here. Yeah. But they're still pure honey with various flavors that are added to them. That's so amazing. So, so what do you? Oh, I was just gonna ask. What, what do you think? Kind of the the more common uses of so customers coming in and buying your honey, are they putting it in their tea or what's I mean, what are kind of some of the commonalities you need for it? A lot of, I guess, general people come in for honey for allergic as allergies. Uh -huh. And this, this, we came in here all the time of year, in the spring particularly, when the, when the blossoms are kicking up and the junipers around here are going crazy and so forth. Then we get, uh, you know, people coming in for that. Typically, they, you know, they buy honey essentially for eating purposes and for cooking. I have one of the ladies that use it in place of sugar mm -hmm. because it does have, you know, more nutriment and they don't like to use just a straight sugar and so they will use honey in, in cooking. I do sell some of this fine wild mountain pecan honey to people that will make mead, that like to make mead mm -hmm. and uh, even some of the other varieties People will come in. We off. We buy. We sell it by the gallon. They'll buy a couple of gallons of honey to make some mead. Huh. That, that's and a that's a growing uh, growing trend right now. Is mead? That seems to be. Well, yeah. A lot of people are getting into that sort of thing. Yeah. So we sell it that for that purpose as well. But um, you know, like, like I say, it's used for a large large variety of things. We also sell honey comb. You know the comb honey. Yeah. And it has the honey in it and they can cut a piece of it and then just chew it out or It's like wax, right? Yeah, Is that right? It's wax. It's uh -huh. beeswax. We sell uh -huh. beeswax to straight also as well. But uh, do you melt down the beeswax, or does that come no, to you that, that comes way? comes to me that way. Uh -huh. I just buy okay. it in kind of a block, and then the ladies will buy that and use it for sometimes for making lotions, uh -huh. and that sort of thing. Like homemade or, soaps and right, things like that? Candle making, they use it in candle making and so forth. That's fascinating so to me. Beeswax, you know, bees have quite a number of products yeah. that, uh, that come from the bees. Right. Even besides just the honey. So. Well, do you find any, um, with your suppliers, like the, the guys that are, or the, the people, I should say, because uh, that, are, that are growing the honey, have they, there, there's this thing like hive collapse mm -hmm. that's been going on with bees. Or are they, colony collapse. Yeah. Colony collapse, yeah. Right. They talk um, about that with you? Well, to, yeah, they do. I mean, they, there have been problems in the past. This year, like I said, it was a very dry spring. They, production of honey was very slow in coming. Mm. It came later and it, you know, with the, with the, All the rains, rains, with the rains that we got in July and August, but that was a little bit late for some of the types of plants that mm. bloom earlier in the spring. 
Mm -hmm. So there was a problem with that. I don't think they're having as much problem as they did a few years ago, three or four years back. They were having a real problem with this colony collapse. Uh, sometimes with what they're called bee mites. Okay. A small insect that actually, smaller than a bee that gets in a hive and kind of devastates that. And, uh, and then there were some just almost unknown causes. I mean, you know, they may go out and there will be several of their beehives or colonies in their boxes that would have disappeared, you know, just flew away, gone. Wow. And, and so, uh, and then there's always a problem in some areas with bears. <laughs> you know, they'll get into the hives and tear them up and in, the, uh, in the higher elevations where they get up into the woods somewhere. <laughs> Yogi's so, still at it, know, huh? Beekeeping is, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's quite a quite a process that they have to go through. It's a lot of work, and it's a kind of an iffy, you know, there's no, no guarantee, no sure thing. Right, so, right. Uh, what they get from year to year can vary quite a bit depending on the climate and the location and, you know, the environment in general. We've been quite fortunate, and most of our beekeepers have been fortunate enough to be able to, you know, maintain Mm -hmm. There are some that have been pretty much wiped out by mm -hmm. all of these problems, but the ones that I deal with have been capable of moving their bees about enough so that they maintain an area where they were, you know, somewhat protected or that they can produce at least some degree of honey. Mm -hmm. But the quantity varies quite highly from year to year, as much as, you know, depending a lot on their conditions, weather conditions and you know, conditions that they that the bees have to face. They have to have water wherever they place the hives. There has to be water within a fairly short distance. They only fly, you know, maybe a quarter of a mile away from their position on the hives. They've got to have water within that distance. Really? I did not know that. So, you know, I mean, they can't survive without water. Like I mean, I didn't know that they... They would, wouldn't only fly a quarter of a mile yeah, from the hive. about as far as they would go. Wow. So they have to be sure that there's water available in that distance. So. But uh, no, our honey stand, we've had, I, I just say, for about uh, close to 30 years now. Wow. But, and uh, it's been a good little business. We do ship. Uh, you know, we have shipping and we'll pack it and ship it. It's kind of heavy, so it's kind of costly to do. Uh huh. But uh, is there we, a we do all of our shipping by priority mail so that it's as gets there as quick as possible and is sure. handled the least number of times. Right, and, and that way it usually gets there without being broke. Sometimes it, you know, honey being heavy, sometimes it does get broken in transit. But we do quite a bit of shipping during the year, especially around the holidays. You know, we ship. People will give us orders to ship to family members and friends and so forth. Mm. And so during that next couple of months, we do quite a bit of shipping during that time. Wow. Uh, we also sell what's called granulated honey, which is honey that's mixed in with corn starch. And then, but it has the honey flavor, and again, that's kind of a sugar substitute. Mm. Uh, that, that some, a lot of people use in their coffee or tea, 
in place of just sugar. And it adds flavor because it is honey flavored, of course, with the honey that's in it. And that's another product that we offer. You do uh, salsas as well, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. That's, uh, besides our honey, we've expanded into jams and butters and salsas and uh, other other condiments. We sell avocado oils for use in, in cooking and so forth. Avocado and, uh, oil. Right, which is a, a very good uh, low on the glycemic index, low on the on the oil index, but high as far as the temperature factor. You can raise it up to very high temperature, so it's good for like frying or marinating and that sort of thing. Yeah. A lot of people will use it on the grill because it doesn't smoke. Oh, yeah. It doesn't burn. It doesn't give it burning burn flavor. And uh, we, we do also sell creamed honey. We buy that from a place called Honeyville up in Durango, Colorado. Hmm. Uh, it's whipped or spun. They call it spun honey or whipped honey. Oh. And in the process of whipping it, it aerates it so that it becomes more of a, of a smooth, kind of like a jam. Oh, wow. Consistency rather than the runny consistency of honey. And then they add various flavors to that also, kind of like the honey steak. So we add various, we just get it straight, of course, just regular honey, or you can use cinnamon, which is one of my favorites. Cinnamon honey. Cinnamon and honey are a good combination, uh, medicinal-wise also. Oh, yeah. Uh, but this creamed honey, a lot of people like that because it's easier to spread. It doesn't run off the bread onto your fingers. <laughs> yeah. And so we, uh, we've been dealing with them up there in Colorado for just about since we opened. Nice. Now, Aaron was telling me a funny story about uh, your salsas. Oh, but l last time we had come up, I picked up uh, a few of them, and there was one that you had rated on like the medium scale, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't a very medium temperature. There was a lot of, <laughs> and I tend to handle my spice pretty well, but it was uh, it was a little higher. Than it was a little higher, but uh, it was it was one of just used drops on it, and it was. Yeah. Spot on. Well, so. we've got yeah, we've got quite a range of sauces. The one that's, that we kind of we warn people about is the ghost chili. Okay. That is pretty much top of the line. <laughs> and that'll burn the hair right off your tongue. <laughs> it's uh, I don't even throw stuff like that. Yeah. Like myself, I'm a mild. Sure. I'm not even a medium. I'm a mild. Yeah. Person. Yeah, me For too. the flavor, right? Yeah. For the flavor, not for the heat. Right, but yeah, we we sell them a variety of sauces. We have people that come and you know like them and buy them quite frequently. The sauces, the jams, the butters, all of that, we we buy from a company called uh, the Gourmet Gardens Company, and that's out of Texas. Hmm. And we've been dealing with them for many years as well. So once we establish a good product from that we can depend on, we pretty much stay with them. Sure. So that's how we come up with these various products that we, in addition to honey that we banned. Now, do you have a website? Yes, we do. The website is called thehoneystand.com. Thehoneystand.com. Right. Okay. 
And, and people can place orders there? And they can place orders. And, uh, they can do it also by email. We have an email address at designingstand at gmail.com. Okay. And we have stickers that we put on there. These are the stickers that we put on our, each of our jars, and it has our uh, website and our telephone number. Oh, if someone wanted to call, they could actually place an order over the phone with you? Oh, yeah. You now, what's ready? the number? 928-978-5571. Okay. That's our business phone number. And we do get calls, you know. It's a little easier if it comes over the on the computer that way, you know, it's already printed out. We don't have don't have to worry about writing it down and making right. a mistake on it. But sure, we're, we're more than willing to take orders over the phone. Oh. And uh, we do take credit cards, you know, like everybody in the world these days. Right, well, so it's hard not them, to. You know, even being a small business, you pretty well got to be able to take credit cards or else, you know. And we, uh, they can pay on our website, you know, as they order. They can pay as they order it on the Oh, okay, cool. Well. And does it, it calculates all the shipping for them and all right. that stuff automatically? Yeah, cool. Well, and how, so what's the biggest jar of honey that I can buy besides a gallon? Uh, are these pints the right there? These are the quarts. We quarts? Sell, we sell everything from a six ounce small kind of a sampler uh, up through to we have the one pound, uh, which is, that's the most popular for most people that are just starting out. Mm -hmm. One pound size. We have a pint, which is a 24 ounce. Then we have the quartz. That's 40, about 48 ounces. And then half gallons and gallons. Mm -hmm. We have all those different size varieties. And that way, it, that fills just about anybody's need. <laughs> yeah. They want to start out and try it or whether they're really into it. And so we have the Sell a lot of a lot of all the different sizes. The most popular is, is our one one pounder. We call it, which is a you know a sixteen ounce that lasts for lasts long enough to be worth coming to get. Right. The little six ounces or more of a sample. Right. Right. It'll last very long. About five spoonfuls, and and you're done. But, yeah. Uh, we've had we have a lot of return customers. Um, we've had. Good, very good reviews on Google and very good reviews on Facebook. And, you know, we've always tried to be very helpful, friendly with people, and you know, and provide good service to them. And, uh, and we've had a lot of repeat customers. Well, That's we've been not... we've been coming to your uh, honey stand since the turn of the century, well, so <laughs> that's well, when I first found you. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah, and we've had a lot of people that have been with us, you know, yeah. for 10, 15, 20 years. So. Yeah, one of, one of my friends said, oh, yeah, I've been going since the late 1900s, so oh, <laughs> late 1995 or so. That's when we started. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. It's been a good little business. You know, we're open pretty much full through the summer, and then as we get after the first of the year, we back off on our hours. Well, there's a lot of snow. It's busy, you know, I mean, the whole place. Town isn't as busy. <laughs> People aren't traveling as much. Mm -hmm. And uh, interestingly enough, last year, with all of the pandemic and the problems and everything, was 
a very good year for us. I mean, we did very well. I know a lot of businesses really suffered during that right. time, but we, you know, people were still buying. They weren't traveling as much, but we did more shipping, and uh, so it didn't really bother our business particularly. But, you know, we did quite well considering. People were learning how to do things the old-fashioned way, like at home, cooking right. and and oh, yeah. experimenting with with foods and and doing that kind of thing. So right. your your raw honey thing and yeah. and 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 the benefits of raw honey were right up right up everybody's mindset that last year. So yeah. makes total total sense to me. Yeah, we did well. We were grateful and thankful. It didn't affect us too badly. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, Robert, we greatly appreciate the time, and uh, like, like Rob mentioned, we've we've been customers of, of the establishment here for some time, and uh, um, we'll plan on continuing to come back, and hopefully a lot of our listeners now know where to find you, and uh, know how to make sure and stop by. You're, you're right off of Highway 87? Right. We're right here on Highway North, Highway 87 in Pine, Arizona. Yeah. And 5544 is our zip code, if you're looking for that. All right. And... Uh, our hours are typically 10 to 4 during the week and on weekends, uh, Friday, Saturday, and now we're open on Sunday occasionally, not all the time, but uh, on the holiday weekends and so forth. Oh, sure. When, when all of those people from the valley migrate up. Everybody up here and <laughs> yeah. try to accommodate them. Yeah. On those days, we're open usually from... 10 to 5 or 9 to 5 a little bit earlier, you know, during the summertime. Sure. After sure. the first of the year, we, we cut it down to just four days a week, either Thursday through the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, that's pretty much a wrap, I think, on yeah, our honey stand, what we do mm-hmm. and what we have and what we enjoy doing. And we, we enjoy the meeting the people that come, and they're always friendly and uh, very seldom had anybody come in here grumpy. Yeah. You know, they're always friendly and ask questions, which we're happy to answer about. Either we tell them the truth or the best thing we can. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Robert, thank you very much for spending time with us. Uh, we are excited to let our listeners hear about your location, and hopefully some of them will come in and tell, tell you that they heard about it on the podcast. Good. That's good. We're always looking for more ways of advertising. There we are. Well, I'm Rob Lamb. I'm Aaron. And I'm Robert Fuller with the Honey Stand in Pine, Arizona. And we'll see you on the road. Hey, Aaron. Why do you got so many cracks in your windshield? Ah, you know, I just don't want to be taken care of. Such a hassle. What are you talking about? You just call Robert over at Gecko Glass. He'll take care of it for you. He comes to you. Fixes it wherever you are. Wherever I'm at. Yeah, wherever you are. You could be at the zoo, wherever. Right? It doesn't matter. Well, maybe I should call Robert to get a good glass. Will he call my insurance company, too? Yep, he'll take care of all that for you. Just call him at 480-200-2237. You got a pen? That's 480-200-2377. Thank you for joining us here at the Not-So-Native Podcast. Be sure to check us out on our website, notsonativepodcast.com, and leave a comment or two. Also, follow us on social media to get the latest update on our adventures. Until next time. Until next time.